0: All right, um, so my name is um, Charlie. I am the youth director here at Fort Bend Community Church. Um, It is just a great opportunity for me to share um, what I've been learning um, over the past two or three weeks as I study this passage. And so before we get started, I'll tell a little bit about myself. And so um, is that uh, in middle school, um, I was really into sports. I mean, I'm 5'11", so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of athletic a little bit, uh, but basically, I was really into sports. And so, um, I did um, cross country in middle school. And so, which that, basically, what that means is you do, like, cross country, sorry, I did cross country in the fall, and then in the spring, we did track. And so, I was a long distance runner, um, and we did... Um, I was signed up for the 800 and the 1600. So what that means, if you never ran before, it's a half mile and then a mile. That's what you do in middle school. It's really not that far anymore, but uh, that's just what we were doing. And so um, there was one track meet in which I was scheduled to run. So I'm in eighth grade at this time. Um, I'm scheduled to run, and my coach forgot to sign me up for the race. And so I actually missed the 1600 meter, and I'm just like really sad and very emotional and just kind of... I had very low EQ at the time, so I didn't really know what to deal with all these emotions, but the 800 meter comes, and I find out that I'm not in this race either. And so I turn to my coach, and I'm just like really sad at this point, I just don't know what to do, and he tells me to just go and run. So they call out just the 6th grade boys, they're just like, 6th grade boys, line up, okay? And they all these little short little six right? Because everyone, if you're a boy in middle school, you're, you don't, you're short. So they're all here, and they all got high-pitched voices, you know? And then me, you know, who's in 8th grade, I have like a full beard right now. I'm like 5'11", you know, I'm coming in, and I get pushed in um, to line up with these of their sixth grade boys, and then you know they go okay, three, two, one, <laughs> or whatever, or whatever they do. It's been a while, right? And everyone starts running, okay? And I'm running, like I'm running, you know, I'm running as fast as I can. I have so much like emotions from before because I missed out. I'm like mad at my coach. I'm mad at like society. I I guess I don't know what I'm mad at, but I'm basically flying. And I realize the eight hundred is pretty short, so I realize maybe three fourths of a way, I'm actually doing this thing pretty good. I mean, I, I guess because I have like, they're like this small, so my, my you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but I realized that I'm actually in second place. And when we go down to the 100 meters, that's like the, the last um, part of this race. And there's just me and this other kid. He ha- he's wearing like an orange something. I don't know, looks like loser to me. Anyway, so I'm running. And then eventually, you know, with all this emotion, I pass him. And I'm just like, you know, I finish, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is the first time I ever won anything. Um, and so that's, that's the peak of my athletic career. I did other sports outside of that. Um, uh, I did, like, intramurals, and I lost a bunch. Um, and so that was the peak of probably my sports career is this eighth-grade race that I illegally won, you know? Um, and so I, I tell this story to say that a lot of us have feel like we have peaked. That we have spiritually peaked, whether it is at Camp Challenge um, a few months ago, or whether it's um, this radical testimony that you have—like maybe you were uh, like in a prison and and God visited you, um, something like that—and you were just on fire for the Lord, or maybe you went on a mission trip um, in college, or just like your whole college season, you're just like fired for the Lord. And we feel like that was like our spiritual peak. And since then, I haven't seen God since then things have gotten worse. Um, Yeah, some ways that we think that things have gotten worse is that eventually we realize life is really hard. Um, We realize that some people are very uh, against the gospel. Um, There's a lot of difficulties. We have a lot of questions. Actually, we start questioning things um, about God, and we have these really hard questions that we feel like God doesn't answer. Um, and then we find ourselves in really hard circumstances, um, whether we're hurt, pain, or there's brokenness, and we really don't know where God is in any of this. Um, and so we are in darkness, and sometimes it gets really hard to pray. Sometimes we wonder, why are we even going to church and sitting on these blue seats? AMC Theater has better seats, you know. They got, the <laughs> and you know, like, why are we here? Um, because God doesn't show up in the way that I expect him to. And so, um, Yeah, I believe that a lot of us have been discouraged maybe for over the last year, year and a half of being in the pandemic and just the different events has happened in the news. And so, um, yeah, it's been really hard to see God and we feel not only is it dark in the sense of we can't see God, but it's dark eternally, whether we're dealing with mental health issues like depression, anxiety, or um, whether we feel a lot of shame for certain addictions or shame about our relationship with God. And so um, my hope is that in the midst of this discouragement, um, that we would find encouragement in this passage that we have. Um, because instead of our li- our relationship with God is decreasing, it actually is increasing according to um, this passage. And so um, that's where we're going to find ourselves um, today. Um, if you can actually turn to your Bibles or your app to 2 Corinthians 3, um, that's the passage that we are going to read. Um, and as you guys are going there, let me go ahead and summarize verses seven to 11. So this is where Pastor Dick left us off. Um, As you can see, um, Paul does these like comparisons of the old covenant and the new covenant. And glory, the word glory is used multiple times throughout that, excuse me, portion of that passage. And his point is saying that like, hey, the old covenant had glory, but the new covenant had more glory. And we're actually in a ministry or this new reality Of endless glory and so that's kind of where we find ourselves and so if you can read verses 12 and 18 with me it reads this since we have such a hope we are very bold not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end 14 but their minds were hardened for to this day are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit and so i guess for us to really understand this it actually makes more sense to turn to exodus 33 because paul is um, it, this is like a commentary on exodus 33 um, of an event that happened with moses and so um, if you can just quickly On your thumbs to Exodus 33 I'm I'm gonna go ahead and read it and kind of um, walk us through this part so this is Moses and he's going to Mount Sinai and so Moses is talking to God and this is it's very fascinating this is the conversation that they have and the Lord said to Moses this very thing that you have spoken I will do for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name and then Moses says I don't think he knew what he was saying please show me your glory and then 19 and he said i will make all my goodness pass before you this is god talking and will proclaim before you my name the lord and i will be gracious to who i will be gracious and i will show mercy on whom i should i will show mercy if you're if you're a calvinist you probably love that verse anyways number 20 but he said you cannot see my face for man should not see me and live and, and live 21 And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you should stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of my rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall not, you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So basically just to summarize, God is talking, uh, Moses and God are talking, and then um, God is asking him to do something. And then Moses responds and says, hey, show me your glory. And then God is like, I, I can't show you my full glory because it's just too much. And so what he decides to do is that there's, a, there's like, a, like a little little cleft in a rock and then God is going to pass by it and only show his back. And so what ends up happening is that Moses sees God's back through that little crack and he's immediately, he immediately repents. He immediately just can't stand the glory and the magnificence of God. And then what ends up happening is that when he walks down from Mount Sinai, all the Israelites are like, whoa, like your face is glowing and it's really weird and it's freaking us out and we can't stand it. So he puts a veil over his face so that, um, so that way they can still interact with Moses. And so that's kind of the commentary in which we find um, our passage. Um, And so really quickly before, I think it might be helpful for us to kind of define glory a little bit. I think I use that example to kind of show like the results of glory is that like it's just like, you know, it's like behold, you know, (laughs) behold. Um, But um, yeah, I think it's important to know that um, from a commentary I was reading is they describe glory as the physical manifestation of God's presence. And I think it's also helpful for us to know that glory contains. Um, the character and accomplishments of of whoever so there is glory seen in man but i think um god is glorious so there's never a point where he's not glorious so glory and and god is just it that's just like a, a perfect or what's well, not perfect but it's an a, a good adjective to describe who god is because that's who he is i mean so that glory is just for us as humanity, we can't even like obtain or even understand um, the, the depth of that. And so uh, it's it's interesting for me to see is that in Exodus 34, 8-9, to nine, when Moses sees God's glory, or even in Isaiah 6, we see that everyone responds with like, who am I to see God's glory? And it naturally responds in an attitude of repentance. And so I think that's significant for us to understand as we kind of talk a little bit about glory. So, I started this talking about maybe the discouragement that we feel about our relationship with God. Um, And so the first encouragement that I want to give is that there's actually nothing preventing us from seeing the Lord. So I kind of talked about how maybe right now things are kind of dark and it's actually really hard to see God. Um, According to this passage, actually there was something that was preventing us Um, that's no longer there. If we see in verses um, 14 to 15, it says, um, this is talking about the Israelites, but their minds were hardened for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. And so there was a veil. There's a veil of unbelief, um, the ability not to fully understand God and, and to fully see that Jesus actually fulfills the Old Covenant. Um, and, yeah, so because of this veil, they are kind of un held under this Old Testament ministry. And and Paul describes it in the verses before, a ministry of death, a ministry of condemnation. And so they were kind of imprisoned by this veil, per se, because they weren't able to fully understand who God is. And so this, um, yeah, Paul continues to say in 16 to seven that this veil is now removed. Um, he's, he writes, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is remo- removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so... The veil is removed in Christ, and, and the Spirit is bringing out freedom for us to understand and, and behold who God is. And we actually see a kind of similar thought in 1 Corinthians 2.7. Um, if we can go, go over there, it says, But we impart a secret wisdom, a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Uh, next next. Um, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual So what we see is that like for us as Christians we now have that veil is removed And so we now have the ability to fully understand and fully see who God is Um, and so So what does this actually mean to like fully understand? So so we have a knowledge of God, we know who who God is, we we, we know it from our minds, but to be able to fully like to understand is for that truth to kind of seek into our hearts and for that to change the way that our desires, our wants and our affections, but also inevitably our behavior. And so a way that I've described it is. over, in, uh, over the, the holidays, I guess, in January, um, I went to a trip to Palo Duro. Palo Duro is a the second largest grand can second largest grand canyon. There's only one second largest canyon in the United States. It's super underground. No one knows about it. If you know anything about me, I'm, you know I'm very hipster, so I go to the underground stuff. But this is um, a picture. Oh, this is this is a picture of um, of the canyon and. Um, Yeah, it's not a great picture because of the quality, but it's okay. Um, When I was, so we went there with friends for about three or four days, and we're hiking this, and you can, I think prior, I knew that this canyon was really big, but it's different than knowing something about the canyon being big and actually seeing it and being there yourself. And when we were walking this canyon, you realize, like, whoa, like, this is big. And it was big before, and it's big... Then, so what changed? I think my understanding of its bigness changed when I was physically there and I felt the rocks and I saw like this, I think that's called the lighthouse, and I saw like this huge thing and I could actually see and feel and understand that, hey, this thing is big. So the content didn't change, but my attitude towards the, the canyon did. And I think that's kind of the freedom that we have now is that when we um, see God, whether it's going to be through His nature, just like I said, or through Scripture or through Jesus, that we can not only know in our, in our minds, but also understand. And so this is big encouragement for us today, is that um, there's nothing preventing us from seeing God um, like, like the Israelites had. Um, there's no veil we can fully uh, understand and fully behold the glory of God. I mean so here's some very simple truths that I have, is that right now the glory of God is accessible. So we as Christians, those, we have the spirit that can help us understand God um, in a new way. And so that's accessible. You um, don't have to go anywhere for it. Second thing is our present circumstance and situation, whether it is the pandemic, whether it is school and stuff, or um, you know, transitioning back to in-person work, those things are hard. And I don't wanna minimize those, those like transitions are really hard but those circumstances and situations don't veil the glory of God. Um, The glory of God continues to shine bright, and it's not a matter of God's glory being hidden from us, is if we are looking. There's this favorite, not favorite, I was gonna say there's famous, there's only one person that really likes this scene. There's a scene in Lion King, it's very unorthodox, but um, there's a scene where uh, Mufasa and Rafiki are like talking, right, and then Mufasa they, they stumble upon like this lake and Rafiki is like oh you can see like your father in this lake and then Mufasa like looks at the lake and he's just like I don't see anything and then Rafiki this is my favorite line in the whole movie he goes look hard <laughs> and so I think that's us as when you find yourself um, not being able to see who God is maybe you can just think of Rafiki's voice like look hard my voice mimicking Rafiki's, look harder. Um, And I think when we realize that, hey, we can actually see the glory of God um, through uh, our Bibles or through Jesus, um, and that it's not actually a matter of him not shining, it's just not us looking, I think we'll be able to find um, just wonderful things about who God is. Um, And so then our second encouragement is actually, we are being changed by the spirit. In verses uh, 8, we just come about, come upon this um, last part, um, and it reads, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So Paul says that we can behold the glory of God. Um, Beholding kind of, I I did a simple um, Google search. It just means to look and gaze upon. And so we are beholding the glory of God. And so as we behold, we kind of um, transform into what we're beholding. That's why he says we are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. And so as we get to, as we know, God is shining bright right now, and as we look at his glory and gaze upon it, um, that seeps from our minds into our hearts and thus into our behavior, and we are transformed. And I think it's important to know that he says from from glory to to glory. And so if you're a Christian, you're actually glorious now. And that's hope because some of us feel very shameful about the way that we live our Christian lives, like we're always chasing this perfection um, and that we're not good enough for God, that we have to, um, every sermon that we go to, like, okay, I need to do this more, I need to do this more, I need to do this more, and that's really tiring, Um, but to know that, like, hey, you're actually glorious now, and that's actually from from God, um, and that's from Him, and so I'm not saying that to say not to be obedient, um, but hopefully you're... I'm, I'm more prioritizing that your obedience is driven by love and not by like this shame or this desire to chase uh, this uh, work, work uh, what's, what's it called, um, this work uh, obedience. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I, I'll tell you later. Okay, anyways, um, so um, the other thing to know about this is that Christians are transformed from glory to glory, but not just outwardly. So the glory shined upon Moses' face and everyone could see it on his face. And he was glowing. But we are being transformed eternally, uh, internally, and also eternally, but internally as well. That our, it's not just our face that's being transformed, but it's our character, it's our hearts, it's our desires, it's our wants. Um, and we are being transformed forever and we are getting better and better and better. So if you are in Christ, you are actually better than you were five months ago. Um, you might not feel like it and so you might not feel like it you might not think you are but you are actually being transformed from glory um, to glory and so I know that sometimes we feel that our most glorious moments is when we um, accept a Christ whether you know at camp or you you're at a conference and you stood up and you're like yes I believe you know and you walked up and they baptized you right then and then you did communion but it was the alcohol so it was super glorious and then like you just like having a that you pinpoint that as like your most spiritual moment that you were close to god then um and i guess i want to challenge that just a little bit that that was the closest time because our um, closeness is not really measured by maybe our emotional moment our emotional moments that we have Not, not that there's anything wrong with that actually that's really important to have those moments but it's really challenged by our faith in who God is. Sometimes we measure our closeness with God with how well we are doing with our spiritual disciplines. I love spiritual disciplines. They're actually like very important to have, but sometimes we say, hey, I read my Bible five times today. I'm the closest to God right now. Um, and that's not necessarily true. It's, is your faith really being deepened um, instead of tho- those metrics on how to measure? And so that's kind of... That's kind of the, um, the angle I want us to view our relationship with God is that it's not that those things are bad. It's not that you were better now, um, but it's really has your, your trust and your allegiance to Jesus changed because that should be the one that's better. It's not, not those things. Um, and so, um, my last, uh, encouragement is, is for you guys to know that God, God is working, um. I was at a wedding um, in uh, July before I went to camp, and I, if you heard me preach like back in March, I was kind of sharing some of the dark things that I was um, wrestling with. Um, I really felt that God abandoned me or that he didn't hear me, um, and that like I was so wise in, because in, something just ended up not working out. And I remember going to this wedding, and this wedding was very symbolic for for specific reasons. I can't really get into it right now. That there'll be time for another thing, but just know that this wedding was very symbolic. I mean, I know the wedding is for the married couple, but it was, you know, it was was symbolic for me too. So we're out here and they're praying, like, they're playing a Psalms, okay? They're playing, um, um, and we're worshiping God, and I just remember just being overwhelmed by the sense of God's goodness, because I doubted God's goodness, and to know that, like, here I am a year and a half later, realizing that God actually has been good and that he actually transformed me and that my allegiance to him has actually deepened and and grown that, I mean, we went through so much and so there's really no turning back for me. Like I've I've been so far, far with you. And so um, just to know that God has been transforming even though it's sometimes hard to see or even to measure um, that. And so just to summarize um, everything is that, Yeah, I think there's been a lot of discouragement that we've been facing that we actually feel like we're going backwards. Um, But this passage that we looked at today is actually saying that God's glory is shining brighter now. Shining bright in the sense of we can see it and we can actually understand it because that veil is no longer there. But shining bright in the sense of as we are beholding it, we are becoming made more like him in his image. And so we are actually getting better and better and that will continue um until um we um he he comes back um and so when we understand that then to verse 12 that's when we can start to live boldly um boldly and confident in saying hey like i trust god and i trust his promises that this is going to happen and as we shine bright others whether they're christians or non-christians will start to see like oh hey you're you're very bright for a reason why is that and we can point them Um, to God who infinitely shows bright. And so for our application, um, I think wherever we might be coming from is that we can just pray the Psalms. Um, It's a very short one. Um, You can probably memorize it right now. Um, It's Psalms 9 through 10, if you can pull it up. Um, It reads, and those who, keep going, sorry. And those who who know your name, put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And so if you might be in this posture of, I don't really see God right now in my circum- certain circumstances, that, that you would pray this. Um, if you are also um, one who doesn't feel like God is transforming, that you would, you would pray this and then you would see that the Lord hasn't forsaken those who seek him. And so um, that is the hope. Um, for for you guys as you guys go about your week. So if you can just pray with me um, and we will end our time. Um, Father, we just thank you for just your truths that you shine very bright um, and that we can understand and that we can um, perceive and even behold um, your glory. And so God, I ask that as we go about um, our Christian lives and as we kind of struggle with this sense of discouragement, um, that we would see you and we would know that you you love us and that you are actually rooting for us and cheering for us, and that you actually care about our relationship with you more than we even care. And so we'd find hope and comfort in that, um, and that we would chase you not out of fear, not out of a sense of of um, shame but a sense of just our adoration love for you and so god wherever you might reveal yourself maybe through the small things or through the big things that you would um that you would show yourself to be good and that we would be as, as a community cherish that together um and just share um just how bright and glorious you are and so i pray all this um because of your son amen